This is a TBN UK podcast. In this series, you can hear some of the interviews from TBN Meets, where faith meets culture. Hear from Christian ministries, innovators, authors, artists, and creatives. Hi, TBN family, and welcome to TBN Meets. My guests today are the lead pastors of a growing church who felt the call to look outside of their church at the needs of the community around them. With their church, they are addressing the issues of trafficking, both globally and in their own area. Louise and Andrew Cherry, welcome to TBM Meets. Hi, John. Thanks for having us. Now, tell me a little bit about your background in ministry. Wow. Well, um, we started... Just a short question. Yeah. (laughs) You know, when you get on a little bit in life, you start looking back and think, wow, we've been doing this a long time. Uh, We started as youth pastors, didn't we? We did, yes. Which is a great route into ministry, I think. You, you, You get a few complaints. You upset a few people, yeah. and uh, your pastor tells you you're awesome. And uh, later in life, you realize we did get a few complaints as youth pastors, but... We made a few mistakes. You know, <laughs> we loved it. We loved it. And um, I think Louise's family were always in ministry, and so it's kind of natural to Louise. Yeah, definitely. My, my grandparents actually started a church in their own home in 1967, and it grew to a thriving church that it is today. And my, past- my parents actually took on the church after them okay. and my brother actually pastors the church now and we were youth pastors in that church for, for 10 years right. and absolutely loved it and always had a, a passion to build church really both of us even though Andrew didn't have that background we got yeah. married and we both had that same passion to be church builders. I was a young guy off the streets who came in and <laughs> set my eyes on the pastor's daughter right I remember perched on a on a desk and one of the guys in the church said any you know any girls you like in here and I said, yeah, that girl there, he said, forget it. That's the pastor's daughter. <laughs> so here we are all these years later, still madly in love. 21 years of marriage, so yeah. wow. five uh, children. Five children. <laughs> and um, we never thought we'd be pastoring our own church, though. Okay. It was never something that we really were passionate about. I liked yeah. being the second or third in command. You didn't have to take all the big responsibilities, but mm-hmm. you enjoyed the journey. And so uh, five years ago, we planted our own church, which was a little bit of a shock for us, wasn't it? It was. And what were you doing before you planted your church? So we were youth pastors, associate pastors in the UK mainly, um, you know, working with um, youth ministries. Um, and then we moved to London to work for Hillsong Church, Hillsong okay. UK, yeah. to start the Bible college there and to run a few other things. Had just a great time. Big culture shock. We were from the north of England. We moved to the south where we got a whole lot more parking tickets than we'd ever had. <laughs> yeah, and we, had, we moved there with four children at the time. So okay. it was a big learning curve for us, but it was, it was amazing. And it was just such a privilege to be part of that church. And we learned such a lot in that four years. Yeah. So what led you to plant a church in Hertfordshire? Well, we, we'd, uh, we, in, we loved what we were doing. Uh, very privileged to be part of the Hillsong family. And um, we came to a point in our lives where we had our fifth child in London. Big surprise for us, wasn't it, darling? Yeah. Yeah. Big <laughs> shock. Say no more about that. Um, and we just felt um, for us uh, in our season of life yeah. that it was sensible for us to do something uh, where we had a little bit more control, I guess, okay. of our lives. And so we, um, we sought permission to, to move on. Uh, and we did that. And we were blessed to uh, move out of our staff positions. Yeah. Uh, but we started from scratch. We just felt, um, I mean, my wife's much more spiritual than I am. She will give the <laughs> spiritual story. That's the practical 
side of okay. it. Yeah. Um, but you really yeah, felt God we was really, calling us. We didn't have, um, we, when we felt that God spoke to us to actually start our own church, as a result of coming to these life decisions, we really, you know, sought God and, and we felt that, yeah, this, because the people often say to, to me, what did you say when Andrew said, you know, I really feel God's telling us to start a church, our own church. I, and I said, I said, no way, yeah. no way. I'd seen what it was like. You haven't heard you that. Know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, no, that definitely wasn't God. Um, and I, I thought we have a very full, busy life already. We have yeah. a busy family, mm -hmm. a young family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the last thing I wanted to do, having seen my parents and my grandparents do it. But it became apparent after some prayer and seeking God that that was what we wanted, to, what we needed to do. Yeah. And God literally led us to Hertfordshire. We were driving yeah. down the M1 and we saw the sign for St Albans. And Andrew said, somebody said to me that, that you know, that would be great for this style of church, that place. It's a great place. And we, we drove past and really just felt the Holy Spirit say, yes, this is the place. And that's yeah. what happened. So what's the vision for home church? Um, Listen, we, all, we always said, John, that we wanted to pastor a church and build a church that we wanted to go to ourselves. Yeah. You know, just as a basic, well, I just said to the Lord, yeah. Lord, <laughs> Lord, we want to be happy as pastors. We don't want to be those unhappy pastors. Yeah. And, and we've got five kids. Um, our house is lively. Yeah. It's full of faith, but it's full of fun. Yes. And so we really, I guess the tagline we have is, you know, the best place for family. Yeah. We want to be a church which is the best place for family, where you'll see every edge, that there'll be a little bit of chaos, um, but it'll be fun where we're mentoring young people, where we're giving um, children the best start in their faith that we can give. Um, we help marriages. So that's really our focus. Um, parenting, we do a parenting conference. Yeah. That's our focus and that's the vision for Home Church. So when we, when we started, we actually started in a house. We moved to a house with a couple of families. Mm. Um, um, come not, not with the families, not with in, the the families in the house. <laughs> we couldn't fit anyone else in, but yeah. it really did start in a house. In our home, yeah. Um, so how did God call you to start looking at the community and the world around you? I think that's been really natural. I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't have said it's a, it was the, a light bulb moment. Okay. We just decided that I think we've always believed that the church is for the world. Mm -hmm. it, church isn't just for Christians. Yeah. We can ve get very insular as Christians, can't we, John? And you know not know what's happening out there. Mm -hmm. I think it was really helpful that we got two perspectives, that Louise was always brought up in church. You can't remember a day you didn't go to church. No, exactly. From sleeping under the chairs, if yep. the service went too long. I was the other side of the fence. I was, it was complete, completely alien to be the church right. world. So yeah. I think we've got a good balance of, um, hey, this is the world out there, Louise, and, and Louise balances it, it with, yeah, but this is uh, the world in the church too. And so I guess we've always had a perspective of we need to be involved in much more than just meeting on a Sunday, right. on meeting in, in Bible groups. We, we need to have a ministry and take the, take the church to the world. Yeah, and we always wanted to have an outward focus when we set up the church. You know, when we started it, within our when we were having the conversations, what do we want for this church? What mm -hmm. we, do we want it to look like? Yes. We said we want it, yes, to be a place where Christians can thrive and grow and mm -hmm. grow in their faith and people be, come and find Jesus. But also, we really wanted it to be to have an outward focus and to look outwards and say, how can we help outside of yes. the actual church environment? Yeah. Okay. And so that was our starting point, really. And then we, we looked to, well, how can we do that? Yeah. yeah. So, moving forward a little bit, how did you get to hear about Love 146? There's actually someone in our church who is involved with Love uh, 146, and um, we got talking, mm. because I think the dis discussion went something like, 
um, we're, we're looking at who we can partner with. Okay. I think it's very important to understand our context, John, which is we believe we're not experts in everything. Okay. Uh, we believe we're good pastors. We know a little bit, bit about church and, and discipling people and building church. But when I look around my congregation, I look at everybody in the different areas of life they're involved in. I think, wow, what a mix of experts and professionals yeah. and caregivers. We actually do a, um, a lunch in our church for all the professional caregivers. And I'm amazed at how many there are social workers, doctors, nurses, mm -hmm. mental health psychologists. experts, psychologists. Yeah. You yeah. think, wow, what a gift. And this is the church and this is, this is God's idea. He br mm -hmm. He's brought all these people together. And we've always said that everyone in our church is a gift to us, mm -hmm. sent from God. And we've got to work out how we use them. And so we've always had this philosophy of partnering with professional organizations in the community who are doing something that we have no idea to do. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to help, yeah. but we have no idea how to do it. And one of these organizations that came up in the conversation was Love 146. And I think to be truthful, we have teenage children. And so Love 146 works with teenage children. First of all, my ears perked up and I thought, wow, what do they do exactly? Yeah. And then they started talking about, well, they uh, rescue people who have been trafficked. Right. Now, of course, I don't know how the viewers will, will understand that term. It's been glamorized a little bit with some great movies um, that we've seen recently. But I think in essence, I really didn't understand what that meant. Okay. And so if, when it was explained to me that um, children were being exploited and used in ways that just was not humane um, and there was an injustice, I think then we married the two together. Children, injustice, a passion for God, and that love that he's putting out us. Uh, we thought, let's get involved with Love 146. Tell us a little bit about how Love 146 got its name or why it got its name. Yeah, well, my wife's actually on the board for Love 146, but um, so she might be able to tell a little bit more. I always get told off by my wife for talking too much. Am I doing that again, John? It's fine. It's, it's cool. It's cool. It's Either of you, it's good. It's fine. But yeah, you. I mean, Rob Morris, who's actually um, the founder of, of Love 146, he actually went over to Thailand and, and was being shown what was happening to these children who yes. were actually in the brothels there. Okay. And all the children were brought out behind a glass, glass screen. And he looked at them and they all had a number. You were in a red dresses. They all, they all dressed they were the just, same. Yeah, all dressed. And there was just no life. It was just like they'd, they'd had the life sucked out of them, taken out of them. They were kind of dead in their eyes. But he saw one of the girls and he said he looked at her and she had the fight still in her eyes. Hmm. And he, 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 she stood out to him and her number was 146. And so he said, that's what we're going to call the, the individual, we were going to call the organisation, sorry, because I'm going to always remember that this is what we're doing it for, for that girl who had the fight still in her eyes, that she hadn't been, the life hadn't been completely taken from her. Um, and that's always a reminder of why they're doing what they're doing. And it's a reminder to us as well of why we mm. support them. Do you know what I love about that story most, John, is the fact that the founder and good friend of our Rob, ours, Rob Morris has never met that girl. Right. They didn't rescue that girl on that occasion, it was way too dangerous. Um, but she has changed history. Yeah. Just by the determination in her heart. Yeah. yeah. We don't know where she was from, what family she was from, what her faith was, but she had this determination 
that was in her eyes. Yeah. And you might have met people before who there's something about them and you see something. Mm. It's amazing when you have a determination. Your hands may be tied, but you can impact someone else. And that's what happened with um, on that day. And Rob started Love 146 and look what it's doing today. It's incredible. Yeah. For the viewers watching, explain exactly what Love 146 does. In essence, um, Love 146 wants to abolish all um, human trafficking, especially of children, to end it. And whilst that seems such an audacious statement to make, I kind of like that. It's attractive yeah. to us, especially as Christians. Um, Christianity can seem very wishy-washy sometimes, but I think Christianity is at its best when, it, when we understand what we're called to do. Mm. Jesus was not wishy-washy. No. He was straight down the line. He had a mission and a cause. Uh, and, and so I love that Love 146 want to abolish it altogether. Yeah. And as an organization, they're not, they're not an organization where they go and parachute in and rescue people like it's being glamorized. Love 146 are really on the ground yeah. working 24-hour care with survivors. Right. Yeah. And, and working it, with the government. Yeah. yeah, and in this country, specifically with teenagers that have been traffic, trafficked into the country, and they will work at rescuing those children mm -hmm. immediately yeah. and giving them wraparound care, especially they talk about the golden hour kind of as in the first 24 hours are the most crucial mm. because they can be re-trafficked so easily within that first 24 hours. Wow. So it's imperative that those children are actually protected, that they are completely um, taken care of, that yeah. they're on kind of 24 hour watch so that they're not re-trafficked because then they can just completely disappear. Mm. But they have the great, um, I don't know, kind of testimony, I guess, yeah, Love yeah. 146, that they've never lost a child never because their, a child, yeah. their care is so good that when those children, uh, uh, they're, they're made aware of those children and they take care of them, that they are watched, they are taken care of, they're put with, in, with carers mm. who can take care of them, rehabilitate them, and families who actually are trained on the ground to know how to do that. And so I think it's, it's amazing what they mm. do. Now, yeah. you've visited, Andrew, some of the safe houses in Manila. Yes. Yeah. What impact did that experience have on you? Well, um, an incredible impact. I mean, it ch it's life-changing, and that would be um, not, uh, not exaggerating. Yeah. I haven't had a sheltered upbringing. I've seen some things in life, and yeah. certainly when you're a pastor, you hear about some things, yes. you experience some <laughs> things, but th that's a whole other level. Um, so I had the privilege of traveling with the founder and to come alongside someone like that who is so passionate, it mm -hmm. rubs off. Uh, but especially when you have children, John, it, it really does have an impact in it. You know, going to a foreign country and realizing that most of this um, injustice is, is, is being perpetrated by uh, white Western men. And I'm on this flight as a single traveling to uh, a place and looking around and realize actually prob a lot of people will be looking at me. Um, mm -hmm. um, so. Yeah, difficult for me to put into too many words what happened there, mm. but the things I saw yeah. was eye-opening. Uh, but then you see the joy of being in the white home and the round home and the smile on the faces of children. Yeah. So you've gone from, it's, it's really opposite. You, you see children who are very, you know, they're in their darkest hole, yeah. their darkest pit. And then you see what can happen, mm. that someone can recover. And we heard Philip in that video talk about hope. They may still have some memories to work through. 
some experiences which yeah, might take a long time to, to, for them to forget, if at all, but there's hope for their life. Yeah. And that's the message of Lump 146. Yes. We don't give up on anybody. Right. No one is lost. Yeah. Uh, and so having seen both sides, yeah. I came back really excited. Of course, that's in a foreign country. Of course, we look around the UK and think, yeah, but it doesn't happen in the UK. We don't see anything like that. Mm. Well, that's the problem. It's happening, we just don't see it. Yeah, just like we saw in the video there. Yeah. So where does it happen in the UK? Where, where are we missing that? In what sorts of places? Um, a lot of it is at the borders. So people will be trafficked into the country to try and, to try and work. But then, once that, if that's successful, Obviously, this is one of the works of Love One for Six. One of the really powerful things that they do is try to intercept that. Okay. But then if they get past that, which inevitably some people will, often um, they are in nail bars, they're in different work environments because they're sent to work for literally next to nothing right. and are in effect slaves. Um, yeah, and they so, come with a big promise, don't they? Yeah, they're sent life. with a a career promise that they can send money back to their family, but it's empty promises and they're actually used as slaves. So we could be well interacting with some of these folks. 100%. And we right. have absolutely no idea about 100%. it. 100%. Mm. That's why I think, um, as, as faith people, we should be involved absolutely. in this kind of thing, because I believe God can speak to us. He can prompt us. Yeah. And um, who knows? The Holy Spirit speaks to you. And just to be kind to someone, you might be thinking, yeah. well, why? Perhaps that's God showing you things that you can't see. And so, um, yeah, it's happening. We live in a nice part of the world, don't we, darling? We live we in a do. nice street. Our children got a, a really beautiful school. Yeah. Um, it's certainly not like where I grew up. <laughs> um, but around even those areas, yeah. people yeah. are being trafficked. Okay. And um, we can't go into detail for obvious reasons. <clears throat> yeah. But I think ev every local authority in the UK will be dealing yes, with definitely. child trafficking. Yeah. So what, what impact would you say that Love 146 has had on you and your church community? I think it, it's had a, a massive impact. I mean, we actually had Rob come and speak at our church a number of times and people still talk about that mm -hmm. and talk about the impact that it actually had because a lot of it is awareness. Like we yeah. said, people don't, don't they, they hear about human trafficking, but they kind of think it's out there somewhere. Yes. Um, they don't think that it's often on their doorstep and they don't often think that they can do anything to help. Yeah. You know, it's just this, it's millions of people who are yeah. being trafficked, children who are being trafficked, but how can I make a difference? Yeah. So I think what Love 146 did was bring it close to home and actually give us tools to help make a difference, just everyday people. So we can feel like we're making a difference even though we're not working for them in effect. You know, we're not a, that's not our career choice, but we can still make a difference. So how do people get involved? If, if, you've, if we've got viewers that are touched by what you've said, um, how do they contact you or get involved? How, how do they find out about Love We've had to be, uh, Love 146 are very good at how they detail this and that's on their website. Traditionally, in the church world, if we want to go and help somewhere, we sign up for a missions trip, we sign up on the missions board and we go somewhere and we do something. Or we tidy up a garden, or we um, renovate a community center. With this topic, there's no signing up to a team to go in and rescue anybody. Mm -hmm. Like I said, we're not the experts. Yeah. So it really does start by, as believers, mm -hmm. we need to pray. Yeah. We believe in the power of prayer. And imagine if, if all the believers prayed into this, my Bible tells me that there would be a shift 
in circumstances. Amen. So yeah. um, we can pray. And of course, there's um, donations. Yeah. As a church, we've committed not to help 10 different charities, but one or two yeah. so that we can have a great impact. Um, so we can give financially as a church, but also individual donors. Yeah. And we've done fundraising, we've done fundraising. Um, got the church behind, things like yeah. that, because people like to be, you know, kind of like to be mobilised yes. and like, yeah, we can do this together. So we've done yeah. different events that have fundraised for Love And the benefit to us as pastors, it changes the hearts of the people in our church. Yeah. All of a sudden, wow, people want to make a difference. And the majority of people in our church have children. Yeah. So they can relate completely. Yeah. But the, the big thing that uh, we're really working on now, John, is um, we're looking for carers right. in the community. So let me just play a scenario. Well, okay. We just saw the video, yep. that young man. Um, if he hadn't been placed within a safe environment, his chances of making it would have been very, very slim. Mm. Uh, and so we are actually, we have a campaign right now where we're looking to recruit as many carers, their paired positions. Fully trained. Fully trained. Right. Yeah. Um, there, there may be viewers at home thinking, do you know what? What's my purpose in life? Yeah. My yeah. children are old now, they've left. Yeah. Um, I have a mercy gift. And do you know what, I have a home and I'd love to help somebody. Yeah. So I wonder if you would take just a few mo moments to lead our viewers in prayer around the issues of uh, anti-trafficking. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Come on, let's, let's, just, let's just pray. Well, Father, I thank you that you um, are interested in helping people it's it's the real essence of who you are and that's bled into us and so we're, we're talking about something today god that is most certainly on your heart and mm. and i know that there'll be viewers out there lord that uh, have time um have resource but haven't really pinpointed their purpose in life i'm going to ask you right now god to really touch the hearts and the minds of men and women that are watching right now, that you have ordained and you have called mm. and you have purposed and you have equipped to be carers in this area. I pray you'd really give them a real, a real obvious sign. Mm. I pray that they'd come into contact with people who just nudge them in that direction. Yeah. And if there's fear, if there's doubt, of this lack of confidence. God, I pray you would fill that with your love, with yes. your confidence, and your real sense of calling mm. for such a time as this. Father God, I'm believing that as a result of even this prayer right now, that carers will spring up all over the country, mm. throughout London, this great city, and many, many children, young boys and young girls, will be given a hope yes. and placed into a loving environment to help them rebuild their future. We ask this because you're a good God mm. and we trust you, Lord. Amen. 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 Uh, Louise and Andrew, thank you so much for coming to share a little bit of your story and a little bit about Love 146. Thank you for the privilege. It's our pleasure. Thank you. At TBN UK, we want the gospel to be in as many homes in this country as possible. Will you pray with us that we continue to work with the vision that God has given? That's one way of partnering with TBN UK. Or you can tell someone about this podcast, our 24-7 programming on Freeview Channel 65 or Sky Channel 582. You can follow us on social media or give. It costs £15 a minute to spread the gospel via TV. For more information on how to join us, 
in sharing the love of Jesus through media, go to tvnuk.org. Thank you for listening.